0: You're listening to Love, Maine Radio with Dr. Lisa Belial, recorded in the studio of Maine Magazine at 75 Market Street, Portland, Maine. Dr. Lisa Belial is a physician trained in family and preventative medicine, acupuncture, and public health. She offers medical care and acupuncture at Brunswick Family Medicine. Read more about her integrative approach to wellness in Maine Magazine. Love, Maine Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love, Maine Radio Facebook page or www.lovemainradio.com for details. Now here are a few highlights from this week's program.
1: When we write, again, commit words to paper, they're there for a long time. And being able to express our gratitude or our joy or the tone of celebration graciously in writing is really important
2: you know when people open the magazine I hope that even before they read the article that there's depth there and that they they see that there's more of a story and kind of a bigger purpose behind every magazine
3: and every issue every story that we do for me being engaged and seeing that you have so many different options when it comes to having your wedding from venues to caterers it was really great to see all these real weddings that we have because we have 26 real weddings in the magazine and so then you can pull different ideas from that and it made the whole process less overwhelming
0: love maine radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors maine magazine marcy booth of booth maine apothecary by design mike lepage and beth franklin of remax heritage tom shepherd of shepherd financial Hardingley Smith of the Rooms, and Bangor Savings Bank.
4: This is Dr. Lisa Belisle, and you are listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 177, Maine Weddings, airing for the first time on Sunday, February 1st, 2015. Home to Valentine's Day, February has become known as a month for lovers. With that in mind, Maine Magazine offers its wedding issue this time each year, featuring 26 real weddings and a wealth of inspiration for those who are planning a special day in the pine tree state. Today we speak with Valerie Kairos, stationer and owner of Papier Floriste in Portland, who has years of experience in the area of weddings. We also speak with Kate Saramath, Maine Magazine art director, and Kelly Clinton, Maine Magazine managing editor, about the enjoyment they have derived from bringing the wedding issue to life. Thank you for joining us. Here on Love, Maine Radio, we understand how important um, occasions can be and how important it is to celebrate life in whatever form that it takes. Our guest today, Valerie Kairos, also understands this. She is the owner of Papier & Floriste, a stationery store and florist in Portland, and um, an individual who helps people celebrate special occasions in their lives, including weddings, which is one of the reasons we have her in today to talk to us. Thanks for coming in, Valerie. Thank you for having me. Valerie, you told me when I bought the store, I didn't just buy a store. I became a stationer. I want to hear more about that. I think this is something that in this day and age of um, digital and electronic and sort of non-tangible things, to have a very tangible thing that you are offering to people is important. It is very
1: important. We, um, from an occasion invitation, whether it's your wedding invitation to your personal stationery that you write a thank you note on to your business card, um, we actually are in the business of, um, to some degree, branding, whether it's the event, the person, or the business, um, and we do it on fine paper with different print processes and the tone and the texture of that as well well as um, the proper etiquette, um, and there are still rules. Um, we kind of live in a digital world where a lot of the old rules seem to have gone away, but we try very hard to keep um, uh, the social norms um, and a high expectation of uh, social graciousness, um,
4: and that's my
1: job as an expert as a stationer.
4: Tell me how you got to be where you are now. You're not originally from Maine, is that no. right?
1: grew up in the Washington, D.C. area, um, married a Mainer um, who had a busy business and traveled. And when our oldest child was eight, about 18 months old, we said, you know, if you have to travel, we can live anywhere, and decided uh, to move home to Maine uh, for, for him. Um, and then it became my home, too. Um, so we, we ended up here about 18 years ago. Um, and the way we kind of got involved in the stores, we were a customer. The store is one of the oldest retail stores. It's one of the only stores that's changed hands multiple times um, and each owner feels a real protectiveness to protect the integrity of the store. So um, my husband and I, it was actually our dream to buy it as a retirement business when we first started shopping in the store. So that's kind of how I ended up there, many years later through twists and turns. And
4: it used to be called Papier Gourmet. Yes. Not so long ago. Why the change?
1: Um, when I bought the store, we really wanted to update it. Um, to make it a little bit more relevant. Um, We also during the holidays would get calls for Stilton cheese and food and it was just a little um, complicated so we decided to become a little bit more concise. Um, We also sell things other than paper but they have um, a relevance to paper Um, so if it's a gift we make sure that it's packaged in a beautiful paper or box, or um, but it was a time to just um, put my mark on it and rebrand it um, with a new vision for um, for where we are now in society.
4: There is something about paper that I think many people find very, appealing. I know those of us who write journals or um, send cards or send, or hopefully most of us send thank you notes, there's something about touching, you know, a thick cardstock piece of paper or something about taking a fine pen and, and writing on a page that's so different than just typing out an email, as, as great as that technology is. It's true, is. and there's
1: actually research um, that we're using a different part of our brain. So when we're connected digitally and we're using our fingers to digitally um, put things in our phone, um, it doesn't commit to memory the same way that the graphomotor skills of actually writing. Um, so in fact, we've people come in all the time who say, I know I'm the last person um, who uh, is using a paper calendar, but I literally can't remember my life. And the reason they can't remember their life is that by digitally entering things, um, you have to use your visual memory to remember your life versus um, the graph skills that it takes that goes into your memory in a different place. Um, so not only for your um, organizing your personal life, but you also put your energy into um, what you're writing by hand, whether it's that thank you note. Um, I also often say we get young gentlemen who come in who say, I need a piece of paper because I want to write a love letter. Because a love text isn't going to stick around. (laughs) And when they want to declare themselves, um, they need help and they, they want a piece of paper and a nice and an pen, and they want to write a letter. And so there's something to the hand, to the paper from the brain um, that um, allows us to unplug from our
4: digital world. There's also something nice about being able to actually keep yes. the things that we receive that are written. Yes. Um, I've had invitations to my brothers and sisters' weddings. I've had notes from patients. I've had um, notes from my children. I mean, these are things that that you can have, as yes. opposed to something digital, which you can probably you can find it on your hard drive, mm-hmm. but it doesn't it's, doesn't it's not the same kind of spirit that's infused it. I think
1: no, it, it is, and I worry that we're no longer going to have scrapbooks that you know it's fun to look back to grandmothers or great grandmothers scrapbooks, um, and that if we don't write and keep ticket stubs and do things like that. Um, as well I mean, as a stationer, going back to that, I'm involved in every milestone in people's lives. I do birth announcements. We do christening invitations, bar and bat mitzvah, weddings. Um, But I also my job is to sit with a widow when she's lost her husband or a widower um, and do the proper acknowledgments and things like that. So it's it's a way, um, these are historical documents for your life, for your family, um, and that the tactile um, ability to keep and put them away in that box and have generations go back and try to have an insight into our life I don't think that's gonna happen with um, texts and emails so it's I feel it's just very important and it's part of the mission of the store to be there and be available to provide the materials um, to keep that I call it a gracious life
4: It's interesting that you're talking about being with people at the time of their milestones, and I would imagine that um, that's also a time of heightened emotions on people's um, part, and something that as it's it's not for you simply just a sales situation, a sales position. You're really acting, um, I don't know, as someone who helps them communicate things in a way that perhaps they wouldn't have been able to um, access otherwise. Yes, and I and I
1: sit with them um, as as a confidant, as a friend, um, and they trust me to give them the right advice of how how's the best way to communicate what we're trying to communicate, um, and help them um, be the the rational piece when they're in that emotional state. And we work as partners and I help them make the decisions by by working through that. If it's particular, I mean, it, the joy of a new baby um, or um, the frenzy of a wedding and making sure I keep them grounded in decisions that are authentically them. We are putting either the person, the event, um, the couple um, on a piece of paper and the font, the color of it, the color of the paper is is an embodiment of either the person or the event. Um, in weddings, I, I often ask brides, I try to ask brides, um, what color their dress is. And if their dress is a sparkly, bright, crisp white, nine times out of 10, they're gonna pick a bright white paper. And if they're in a creamy, ivory, soft color, I know they're gonna be in an ivory paper um, because that's them. It's We're trying to make um, a picture um, with with the words, um, the colors, the texture of the paper, that's authentically them. Uh, that's my job.
4: I think recently, um somebody wrote an article, and I can't recall where this was, but discussing sort of the, the fact that all of the pictures of our children are now going to be flawless. So the pictures that I take of my 14-year-old, they are all, they could all be altered. Whereas the t- pictures that I took of my now 21, 21-year-old, you know, they those were the hard copy and what you got was what you got. The interesting thing about paper is that even though there is usually a consistency to it, there is that possibility of flaw. And there's something about that that makes it more precious, I think.
1: It is. We actually go through a rigorous um, proofing process. I think One of the things that people, when they come in, brides or couples, um, and particularly people, I sorely underestimate is the amount of time because we are creating a historical document and we want it to be perfect. It takes time to um, choose to pick the right um, paper, to pick the right font, and then to take the wording and do it Present it, and when they see it, it may not be what they had in their mind. I have to try to figure out what they're, what they're imagining in their mind. And the proofing process can take um, five or six rounds, and that each of those can take a week. Um, so if they're coming in saying, I'm getting, I want to send my invitations out in three weeks, it's really hard for me to provide that as perfect because if there's a mistake, it's wrong. Um, so we re- that's, that's a huge responsibility for us, and it's a partnership with them. Um, but yes, you're right, There's, um, there may be flaws in the paper or, there, or the textures of the paper, but what we're always trying to do is get the words um, for there to be no mistakes, um, and that, that um, is a process. Um, and it's part of the creative process and then the proofing process. It's like a magazine or a book. Um, if it's printed and that mistake's there, that mistake's there.
4: Well, and it sounds like you're very careful about making sure that whatever can be controlled can be controlled. Mm-hmm. And then if it just happens to be, I don't know, a cardstock with... The- and I don't know enough about anything paper to be able to say anything, but I'm thinking about, you know, the little ridges that sometimes come up or a little nubbin that kind of pokes its way to the surface. But it's just part of the beauty of the card itself. It, it doesn't is. come it's out as a flaw so much. No,
1: it's the beauty of, of um, the texture and the tone and, and the, the texture of paper and it being something real. Um, um, In letterpress printing particularly um, because of the way that the ink soaks into the paper you can look at three different pieces and the tone of the color will be different because of the print process. Um, In engraving or thermography you can have a little um, extra piece of ink that could be on there um, that might be out of place but it's still part of Part of the piece. Um, So, as though we're trying to get to perfect in wording, um, there's still character that each piece isn't necessarily perfect. Um, We make a lot of things in house where we do layered papers and we do all that work by hand. Um, And we try as hard as we can to make all, to, to center them and do all that. But they're not all perfect, but they've been handmade for the people um, that we care about and our clients. And, and most people accept that as um, part, of the, part of the beauty of it is that not every border is exactly perfect, but it's within, um, but it shows that it's been handcrafted.
4: Here on Love Maine Radio, we've long recognized the link between health and wealth. Here to speak more on the topic is Tom Shepard of Shepard Financial.
5: Wouldn't it be great if we could spend our days doing all the things we dreamed of while gazing up at the stars on a crystal clear night? Yet for most people, and I include myself in that group, the realities of daily living prevent it from happening. We all have responsibilities to our employers, our families, people who rely on us to be there for them. But what if you could get to a place where you were able to reinvent yourself and start a new journey that was more fulfilling? What if you could define what true north meant and find your star and start walking towards it? What if you had the money to embark on a second life because financial worry had fallen off your radar? This, my friends, is what I call the seventh state of your financial evolution. While I'm certainly not there yet, I'm here to help you get there. It's time to evolve. Get in touch with Shepherd Financial and we'll help you evolve with your money.
0: Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Flagship Harbor Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Flagship Harbor Advisors and Shepherd Financial are separate entities from LPL Financial. Love, Maine Radio was brought to you by Bangor Savings Bank. For over 150 years, Bangor Savings has believed in the innate ability of the people of Maine to achieve their goals and dreams. Whether it's personal finance, business banking, or wealth management assistance you're looking for, at Bangor Savings Bank, you matter more. For more information, visit www.bangor.com.
4: It must be interesting, um, in particular, to work with wedding announcements because you're taking two people who have very different, or may have very different, views of life or of their wedding, or um, and it and trying to come up with some kind of design that works for both of them. Maybe one person doesn't really care as much about the invitation, or maybe both people care a lot about the invitation, and to try to kind of bring that all together, because it is, in a way, almost the opening salvo. It's the, here's the wedding, here's the the announcement. It's the first thing that the the guests see. It's very interesting.
1: Oftentimes, um, a couple will come in, and she may have done Pinterest and looked at a ton of things, and he hasn't looked at all. It could be the opposite, too, but it's more likely to be that. Um, and my processes is I make them look at a lot of things to educate their eye together without me there, so that they have the opportunity to say freely, um, I like this, I don't like this. Um, and it can be a discovery process. They might not realize how far apart they are um, stylistically. Um, And then that's my job to try to find a middle ground. Um, In wedding invitations particularly my goal are three things. One is um, when their family and their friends open the invitation that from the moment they look at it, um, I've captured them as a couple. And the people say, oh, that's so them. Two, that it also then captures the bride and groom's or the couple's vision of their wedding and the and the party um, afterwards, so that um, the guests know what to expect, and that includes social cues to what to wear. Um, All of those things are in the language as well as in the tone and the texture, how formal, how informal is going to give people a vision of what they're going to. And then my third thing is I always say to them, you know, once they settle on a couple of choices, um, this is a historical document. I want you to look at it in 20 years and be as happy and let it Um, trigger your mind to recall all those great memories. Um, So if they're looking at something that's extremely trendy, but I don't perceive them as being really trendy, I'm going to question that in them because I want to make sure that they're not um, unhappy. It would be like the bride in the 80s, you know, super super Diana dress who you know, and had to have it because it was in and 20 years later goes, Oh my God! I can't believe I look like that. Um, so we try to. Um, those are my three goals with any couple: is that that if it's authentically them, it previews the event, and that it stays that historical document that um, in twenty years they feel is still um, that important piece. Again, um, saying this is this is our commitment. Um, my last thing is. Brides and grooms and couples and men and women come in, and they, they can be also often very, very focused on the party. Um, but the invitation is actually to the ceremony, and most of the times it's a religious event, and I try to ground them back into that they're getting married, and then they're having a big party afterward. <laughs> um, because it really is the marriage and then the big party.
4: Well, that's that's interesting because people could look at the invitation as just kind of a more of a superficial thing that goes along with more of a superficial party. But what you're saying is, it's a very solid, tangible indication of sort of the the gravity mm-hmm. of if it's a religious service, it's a sacrament. We're representing, and the
1: invitation is to to a very sacred event. And sometimes they haven't really thought of
4: it like that. So it gives them a new perspective. I like the word that you use, um, graciousness, this idea that, I mean, life does seem to move very quickly. We're we're going from one thing to the next. And maybe, I mean, the word mindful is used a lot these days. But this sense of, um, I I don't know, graciousness, gentility, I I don't want to use the word formality, but just that, that there is some heft to being alive and doing things like having a baby or getting married. Um, and there is some celebration of that, of that heft, I guess. Yes.
1: And there's, um, when you say graciousness, it's also, um, I think, uh, included in that is gratitude, that when we write, again, commit words to paper, um, they're there for a long time. Um, and being able to express our gratitude, or our joy, or the tone of celebration um, graciously in writing um, is is really important. I get, um, you know, evites all the time. And what I know about myself at email is if it drops below my screen, I don't remember it. But if I can put it up on the um, board in front of my desk, um, the event, to me, takes some more importance. It's part of my consciousness, um, or, the, or the note, or whatever it is. Um, it is, again, that tangible. Digital can feel very intangible. Um, and we need more tangible in our lives, I think.
4: You also have become a florist. We have. And that's relatively new?
1: It's relatively new. We started it in April. Um we were lucky to hire, hire a, f- a known floral designer who had owned um, a successful business actually across the street from us for four years. It sold the business, um, and then the business um, closed, and um, he had been around, and I actually hired him to work in the store Um Thinking he'd worked with brides and I could teach him paper, and then I realized how talented he was, and went, you know, there's a real intersection here. Um, and again, flowers are something we give for milestone events if someone's in has a baby, has been in the hospital. It's you know for funerals, for what you know, and in weddings. Um, so it's it's um, it's another expression. It's a very alive expression of graciousness. Um, so it's been it's been a great. Addition to the store, um, and it's been a great way, um, I think, to add beauty and um, thoughtfulness to people's lives. And that be the people who come in and buy flowers or something for someone else, or sending them or bringing them home, um, it's. It's a bit of, again, slowing down, um, enjoying something visible, visible, enjoying something tangible. Um, so it's been,
4: it, it's added so much dimension to the store. I love the idea of flowers having some um, deeper meaning. I I think going back to Victorian times, if you sent a certain color rose, it meant one thing, or if you sent um, violets, it meant another, and... Yes. And there's something about that that just really appeals to me, the same way that picking up a journal and having the right paper to write on appeals to me. I can't really explain why, but I think there is something that touches me and probably many people emotionally and and probably in other ways. Is this something that when people come in to talk about their flowers, is this something that you ever get into? I think James has a
1: good sense of some of that historical meaning, Um, particularly in um, weddings. I mean, there are um, current social connotations to different flowers and different colors of flowers and yellow roses versus red roses. A red rose is a very romantic, sexy thing. A yellow rose is is a softer, more friendly. It has a different connotation. So yes, when we're taking orders or we're talking, we are talking about who's it for, what's the context. Um, we do a lot of corporate flowers. We do flowers weekly in people's offices. Um, and something that um, a husband's going to send to his wife for his birthday may be a very different feeling arrangement than something we put in someone's office every week. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's again, tone and texture um, and the connotation of the colors and the different flowers Um is very still prevalent
4: um, in the way we view flowers today. Well, I'm very excited to go visit your store again, having been there a few times already, and to see um, now the, the florist part of Papier and Floriste. And I encourage other people to come find your store. How can our listeners learn more about the work that you're doing? Um, we're located
1: on Free Street. Um, you can see us um, at our website, which is um, it's not. It's a great vision into what you can find in the store. Um we um, have s- kept away from um, e-commerce and all of that, because our goal is to bring you in and interact with you and have a relationship with you, and um, so we would love you to come and, and stop in.
4: Well, I will be there. I'll be stopping in. I'm, I'm sure that many people, after hearing our conversation, will also stop in. Um, it's been a pleasure to... Um, speak with you today. We've been talking with Valerie Kairos who is the owner of Papier and Florist, a stationery store and florist in Portland. Thanks so much. Thank you. As a physician and small business owner, I rely on Marcy Booth from Booth, Maine to help me with my own business
6: and to help me live my own life fully. Here are a few thoughts from Marcy. When was the last time you took a break from what you were doing? from the work that was piled up on your desk and just looked up. I know that during the course of my days I often forget to take a moment or two to just breathe, look up at the sky and dream. Terrible that I have to remind myself to breathe but when I do I feel energized because in those moments I'm able to let go of the daily grind and think more about what I want to accomplish, how I want my business to grow. Sometimes those are the aha moments. If we all took a few moments out each day to stop what we we're doing and dream a little about our business futures, not only would we feel a great sense of calm, but we may come to realize that these dreams can in fact come true. I'm Marcy Booth. Let's talk about the changes you need. Boothmain.com.
0: This segment of Love Main Radio is brought to you by the following generous sponsors. Mike LePage and Beth Franklin of REMAX Heritage in Yarmouth, Maine. Honesty and integrity can take you home. With REMAX Heritage, it's your move. Learn more at rheritage.com.
4: Here on Love Maine Radio, we have the opportunity to work closely with the individuals who make Maine Magazine possible. Today, we have in the studio two individuals who work very hard on Main Magazine um, every month, and I work very closely with each of them, and I count them both as friends, and um, very fortunate to have them as co-workers. We have with us Kate Saramath, who is the art director of Main Magazine, and Kelly Clinton, who is the managing editor of Maine Magazine, and we're going to talk today about the February wedding issue. So thanks so much for coming in and talking with me. Thanks for thanks having for us. Being, yes. The wedding issue every year is so beautiful. I mean, it just, it makes you it makes you want to get married if you're not already married, or even if you're already married, you, you want to go back and do it again. I mean, the visuals are stunning and um, the examples of how people have chosen to begin their lives together. This must be kind of, um, it must be an interesting experience for the two of you because you both are at different stages of this. Kate, you just got married last summer. And Kelly, you just got engaged. So how has this been for you to work on this as individuals? For me, it's been really good because
2: I've been designing the issue for two or three years. Um, So before I even got engaged, I had just kind of a plethora of ideas in my head from doing this issue. Um, So before being engaged, I guess for me, it was a good way to collect information. Um, And then, of course, being you know, planning a wedding, I got
3: to utilize all of it, so that was great. For me being engaged and seeing that you have so many different options when it comes to having your wedding, from venues to caterers, it was really great to see all these real weddings that we have, because we have 26 real weddings in the magazine, and so then you can pull different ideas from that, and it made the whole process less um, overwhelming, and I, especially in terms of A-list, we collected a bunch of different venues that um, are all around the state. So we had venues from the Barnett Flanagan's Table, which is in the woods, a little set off, um, but it's just right outside of Portland, and then Spruce Point Inn, which is in Booth Bay and it's on the coast, and so just different variety of venues that you can look at, and so when I was looking at different venues it was really helpful to do that research.
4: So we have the A-list that you've talked about, and what else can people who are going to read the magazine expect to find?
2: Our managing editor for Old Port Magazine, which is a sister magazine, put together, Genderose is her name, um, put together a really great lineup called The New Nautical. Um, And Nautical is a theme, especially in Maine, that you see a lot, Um, but she put kind of a new chic twist on it. So it features, I think there's about 14 or so products that she goes through um, and lists where to find them locally, so that's really cool.
3: And then we also have, as I mentioned, 26 real weddings, and every wedding um, is from different places all around the state. So you have a coastal wedding, you have a woodsy wedding, you have just everyone who decided to have their wedding in a, one location and then they really made it their own and so it goes into details about what they use, what made their wedding unique, and um, you know what was their main focus we had one couple who the bride she really wanted to have her tent feel warm and it was on the water and it was kinda like a cooler day and so she talked about her use of lighting within the tent and um, how she used event light pros and then we had another couple who it was really important to them that their ceremony was private and so they just had immediate family at the ceremony and Actually, even during the ceremony, they stopped and took a moment, and they took pictures of each other, and they took pictures of people at the wedding. Um, so, just it was, you know, that was really nice to kind of get everyone sort of looked at their day and looked at their wedding and and made what made it personal to them. And everyone was completely different from another.
4: You must have
3: had the opportunity
4: to speak with people who had just gotten married to talk to them about their special day, what were some of the things that stood out? What, what types of things did people tell you that maybe surprised you or interested you or you, those types of things?
3: One wedding in particular that was really interesting to all of us when, when we saw it, because what happens is the photographers submit the weddings and then we all sort of sit down and we choose which weddings are unique and different that we think will provide the reader with the most inspiration for that year. And one wedding we came across um, it was a couple who they got married up in the Midcoast, and the bride, she was Indian, and her parents were Indian. And uh, the groom was from Maine, and um, I'm not sure where his family was from, but so they ha- ended up having two different weddings in one day. And so in the morning, um, I don't know if you want to chime in, too, because I know you know them, but in the morning, they had the Indian wedding um, where the groom rides on a horse through the streets of... Through downtown Camden? Through <laughs> Camden or Rockport? Yeah, Camden. Yeah. And they went to Union Hall, and they had this sit-down um, ceremony. And then later in the day, they went to um, Cellar Door Winery, and they had a traditional um, American wedding, I guess you could call it. And... Um, So it was just kind of really neat that they were able to blend both of their cultures and backgrounds into this one special day for them and what an experience for the guests who were there, because a lot of people wore two different outfits. Um, So
2: I think another thing that stands out is all these couples, not all of them live in Maine. They have some tie to Maine, like they either vacationed here um, as a couple, or maybe they summered here when they were kids. or they live here, but there's always something drawing them back to Maine. I mean, Maine ha- is just such a great venue for a wedding, um, you know, whether it's the woods or the sea or just in a small farmhouse or in a barn. There's so many different options. So that was interesting to me to just, you know, people, almost all of them said, it's
3: our special place. So that was really cool. Some who maybe they went to school here or, you know, they used to come here as a kid. It's That's exactly what it was. They all had something nice to say about Maine. There was one couple who, Maine, they came, they're from Texas, and Maine wasn't really a special place to them. They had been there once, visited quickly, um, but their family is from all over the world, and so when they looked at a map, Maine was in the center, and they thought, Maine? And so (laughs) they ended up choosing um, Shabig Island Inn, as their venue and everyone came together in Maine and she just said it was it was really amazing to have everybody on the island and sort of together and everyone was experiencing this new place together. So.
4: so we've talked about the importance of the venue, the place where the, the wedding is actually held, the ceremony and the reception, and we've talked about why people would choose Maine in general, what are some of the other important elements? I'm thinking flowers, I'm thinking food, what are some of the other things that come up as themes? jewelry is a big one um there's so
2: many local artists around here that that is great um i think also you know the different the experience of the wedding you know it's not you're not finding a lot of like classic you just show up at a you know venue have the wedding and you're done there's like multiple destinations sometimes which is really cool or or they would arrive by boat or um you know how It's like this expression of their love and showing their favorite people in the world a really great main experience, so that's, that's pretty cool. And to that point, Inspiration Weddings is another thing that we feature that we should probably mention mm-hmm. um, where three different designers and photographers um, group together to really showcase kind of more wild ideas that, that brides can kind of pull from to formulate ideas. Um, And that's a really cool part of the magazine. It's just really blue sky thinking of how you can make your day different
4: in Maine. Well, tell me about those. Tell me about the inspiration weddings. Yeah,
2: so there were um, the three photographers that we worked with. We got a bunch of submissions, but we we usually only pick three every year so that we can kind of blow them out a bit in the magazine, make them a little larger. Um, but we worked on um, one with Audra Photography and um, Amber Small was the designer of Sweetest Things Wedding, Weddings.
3: Um, do you want to talk about that one? Sure, and they, um, what they do is they set up their own wedding and what they think it should look like and it really allows you to get so much inspiration from it and um, makes you feel like you can do it yourself kind of a thing and the designers really laid out for you and they do such a, a great job and for this one in particular they they set up a wedding with long farm tables um, on a piece of land in Cape Elizabeth a private land trust so it could really be anywhere in the woods or someone's backyard and it was really felt like a backyard wedding and they had they, didn't have, they had simple table settings and what they did for food is they had food trucks pull up um fire and co was one and they do like gourmet style pizza and giant salads and so what guests would do is it would be buffet style and you would go up and sort of pick up pick what you want on your plate and so that was really interesting and then also their tablescapes or how they set up their tables um was very simple they they picked flowers from sort of around the area and um, put them into different jars and things along the table so everything was really simple yeah and a fun um, just point in general about the inspiration shoots
2: there's three separate ones Um, and what's really neat is that um, you know, each photographer kind of pulls on their own resources. So they maybe go to a caterer that they had seen used in a wedding they'd worked on that they really identified with, and then go to a designer that really resonates with them and, um, you know, flowers. And so they're pulling from their pool of resources that are close to them. So that, you know, always makes for a really beautiful photo shoot.
3: And that's something that as I'm planning a wedding and as people who are planning a wedding in Maine might look at this magazine, the resources that we pull together, there are so many different companies and just great people that you can pull from to either be your caterer or your cake. Or, and so that's always in the back of the book and just going through that is just so useful and helpful.
2: Yeah, it really is a resource guide for anyone
4: planning a wedding. Now, Kate, you've worked on this for four years. What are some of the trends that you've noticed? I I'm knowing that barns for a yeah, while have I was been just big, say and summer camps were big for a while. I yeah, don't know. Tell me.
2: Yeah, uh, a couple years ago, I mean, it it was a lot about barns. Um, barns were just sprouting up as a venue all over the place, um, and you know, nautical there always has a presence um, in the issues. But I feel like there are a little less barn weddings, which there still were some, but. Um, more focus kind of on this new take of nautical, which is interesting because we did that story with Jen DeRose on you know, the more chic kind of nautical style. But I would say it's, it's kind of going back that way. And a lot more um, private residences that are bringing in a lot of different vendors um, to their own home. Um, and then venues like their cellar door winery, which was a great one. Um, there's still camps that I see, so I, it's pretty spread out, really. But people are getting really creative with where they have their
4: wedding. That's it's, that's an interesting thing because, you know, in the past we've thought about church, people, wedding, yeah, you know, reception hall. Yeah. But it does seem as though people are more willing to go outside the standard mm-hmm, locations mm-hmm. to do yeah. things.
2: And we, there are still church weddings for sure, but I definitely agree. There's there's less of them or. You know, it's maybe just a the beginning portion um, of the wedding, but definitely a lot of outdoor weddings. A lot of these venues have you know beautiful, um, like Barn on Walnut Hill has a really gorgeous sort of spiritual setting off in, in the woods a little bit that looks gorgeous. Um, so they're setting up sort of church-like you know outdoor environments, which is really nice.
4: So there's still a spiritual element in right. many of these places that people are choosing to get exactly. married. What about the types of couples that you're featuring? It's not just twenty six year old male females. it's older people. it's it's lots of different you know people who are in second marriages. is Is this a conscious decision on your part or are you just choosing the best the best wedding?
2: Um, I feel like we're we're choosing it's it's interesting when we choose the weddings because we're not just picking one wedding. we're picking 26. So they really have to kind of visually tell a larger story it's kind of like the biggest jigsaw puzzle uh, ever in our magazine world here but um, I you know I'd say there's a bit of a conscious effort just because you know of where we live and we're we're lucky to have all the freedom to do for all of those weddings to happen and um, yeah there's they run the gamut um, but I wouldn't say we no we don't really, narrow it down in that way it's just it's really visually how it kind of lays out and naturally the vibe of those different weddings comes together as a more beautiful whole than just picking
4: ones that are all really similar so now both of you made a conscious decision to live and work in maine yourselves and kelly you actually are from massachusetts Kate, you're from Maine. Mm -hmm. So you left, um, went to Savannah College of Art and Design. Yeah, um, and then, yeah, I was all over for, I guess, 12 years before I moved back. So why? Why why did you choose to come back? And Kelly, why did you choose to come here in the first place? I'd been trying to get back here, actually, for
2: a long time. um, And just different jobs took me kind of all over the country. Um, So I was enjoying that part of travel. And I knew growing up in Maine when I was in high school, I, I kind of knew that I wanted to get away, to experience more. So I lived in New York City and Austin, Texas, and all over the place. Um, but I, my, I guess my mission was really always to get back. And so, you know, I found myself in a position where I was able to do that, and I feel really lucky.
3: For me, what brought me here is definitely Main Magazine. What I came up here for was the job, but before that... Um, I was living with my boyfriend in, in Massachusetts, and we were sort of thinking we wanted to live somewhere else. And we were kind of looking, we love New England, um, so we were looking at just different places in New England. And Portland was on our radar just because it was, it seemed like this growing city that like you could go into and be a part of um, you know, this place that's developing and growing. And we kind of wanted, we were new, both kind of young in our careers, and so we wanted to be a part of a place that would have companies in place in um, a scene that was sort of thriving. So do you
4: think that people who are choosing to be married in Maine are also um, almost buying into the way that quote unquote life should be? That there is some vibe about Maine that even if they only come here to get married and then they leave again, um, that they, that really resonates with them?
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, a huge part of why I moved here is from that kind of, it's like the ideal lifestyle. It's kind of living a dream, you know, getting to be at work and then run down and get to go on a boat and be out in Casco Bay. And there's this feeling that comes along with Maine that I think people really want to attach to their wedding day because it's sort of this dream-like idyllic lifestyle um, that we're lucky enough to live every day, but for some people I think you know, they want that really special day to be in a really special place that resonates with them, so yeah, for sure.
0: There was a time when the apothecary was a place where you could get safe, reliable medicines, carefully prepared by experienced professionals, coupled with care and attention, focused on you and your unique health concerns. Apothecary by Design is built around the forgotten notion that you don't just need your prescriptions filled, you need attention, advice, and individual care. Visit their website, apothecarybydesign.com, or drop by the store at 84 Marginal Way in Portland and experience pharmacy care the way it was meant to be. Experience chef and owner Harding Lee Smith's newest hit restaurant, Boone's Fish House and Oyster Room main seafood at its finest joining sister restaurants the front room the grill room and the corner room this newly renovated two-story restaurant at 86 commercial street on custom house wharf overlooks scenic portland harbor watch lobstermen bring in the daily catch as you enjoy baked stuffed lobster raw bar and wood-fired flatbreads for more information visit www the rooms portland com
4: so in creating the magazine Kate you've been doing that this now for four years and Kelly you've been the managing editor for three months, three months. what is the general feeling that you would like to evoke what's your intention and not just of the wedding issue but of main magazine in general yeah um, main magazine in general for me it's
2: it's very visual. A lot of um, visual things transfer to me emotionally and, um, and come with a lot of intention. And for me, um, when I design the issue, I always try to make sure it's very real. Um, and we work with a huge, talented, you know, pool, actually a limited pool. <laughs> we don't really pull from, we have a very uh, special group of photographers that we work with that are just amazing at telling this story, um, and their photography just speaks volumes. Um, So, you know, when people open the magazine, I hope that even before they read the article, that there's depth there, and that they they see that there's more of a story and kind of a bigger purpose behind every magazine and every issue, every story that we do. And the wedding issue wasn't an, an exception at all. I mean, there's a reason that we choose to kind of Blow out some of the photography to be larger, um, to really get in there and showcase some of this beautiful work and hopefully, you know, show them the energy of, of
3: that day and that special wedding. And then on the storytelling side, in terms of the writing, we also have amazing writers who we work with who go in and really get this the whole story behind something. So in one issue, we might have we have a profile. Which tells the story of a person and maybe an entrepreneur and how they got to where they are. And on that same issue, we also explore the food scene in Maine and really talk about restaurant owners and their background and how they choose to run their their place. And so, and then we also like to tell a story about a location. We have a um, Peter Frank Edwards is the photographer and Sandy Lang is the writer, and they are such a great team that they they go out to these whether remote or just popular destinations, and they really capture the beauty of the place, both in the photos and, and in the writing. So I guess we try to just tell uh, different stories from all around the state in each issue. What types of things are you
4: noticing out in the the communities? What types of things are people excited about and um,
3: are sharing with you as you're out um, meeting people? For For me... Being in Portland and in Maine in general, it's the food scene is definitely something that is always growing, and there are new restaurants popping up, and it's people are always, everyone wants to get into the new place right when it opens, and or if there's a new company that started, what are they doing, and what are they doing differently, and, and why why did they start in Maine, and how is it how is it working in Maine, especially as a maybe as a startup, and so that is definitely related to the the food issue which we cover a lot of different restaurants and a lot of people who work in the food industry in general and the food issue is the March issue which is the one we're working on right now and so in that issue we we profile um, Kate McAleer from Bixby & Co and she created um, she started her company in New York but decided to move it to Maine when her parents decided to retire here and they started this organic chocolate bar. I guess a lot of chocolate bars are made with um, the ch- not the actual, not real cocoa, and so she started this company where, you know, they, they make actual real chocolate bars. And she sells them in, in Whole Foods and different health food stores. So that's one profile we talked to her about, you know, how she got started and where that passion kind of came from. Um, And then we also go to Lolita, which is in Portland. It's a newish restaurant this year, and it's up on Munjoy Hill. And we talk to Guy and Stella Hernandez, who, while running their restaurant and also a coffee shop, they're raising their son, Antonio. And, And what's that like, and what has he learned? And sitting at a table, maybe coloring in the corner, but he's also watching what his parents are doing. And so that story is is really kind of interesting too. Um, and then we also touch on different distilleries in the area. Um, um, yeah, I just, I think going back to your,
2: you know, kind of what's going on in the scene of Maine here. And we always, of course, touch on everything that, that comes into our view that's going on in Maine. Um, but something that's been evident for several years, and I think it's sort of summed up In a nutshell of the food scene, that might even be why you segued to that, but is that there's so much inspiration here. It's almost like, um, you know, a trend that we've seen is a lot of people moving from New York City um, up to Maine. And New York City, we always think of as, you know, they have the newest of the new and the best food and um, the greatest shows and and all of this, the music scene. Um, And to me, it seems like. Maine and in Portland specifically, but Maine in general, um, is sort of this like just as concentrated but smaller kind of version of that, except that we're surrounded by the ocean and we're surrounded by hiking and um, we kind of have it all. And so I think people are intrigued by it in the same kind of way that they want to come here to have their wedding. It's that same sort of energy that's attracting people um, and hopefully attracting readers, because we're, you know, we're covering all of that information as it as it comes in in an
4: artistic way. So, Kate, okay, you talked about the ecosystem mm-hmm. of the Main Media Collective, Main Magazine, Oldport, Port, um, Main Home Design. Describe that for me.
2: Yeah. Well, our company is is special in that it's not just one magazine. We have um, and Chime in here because we have a lot of <laughs> things that we do. But you know, we have three magazines. We have Art Collector Main. Um, which is a new venue for artists. Um, we have, of course, this radio show, um, Kenny Brownport Festival, yeah. the, the brand company, um, Portland Food and Wine Festival. So we're always growing. Um, and I think, again, it just goes back to that that energy, which we like to call an ecosystem, which is really kind of created on all of these connections that we have Um you know, by relationships that we've formed here in Maine or from people that have come from away to Maine, Um, Maine really attracts a talented um, person and someone that has a lot of passion for life, um, and no matter what they do, Um, and a lot of our relationships um, are connected by those people. Um, So that ecosystem that we've developed allows us to be kind of, you know, get the, the newest story or know about the newest food thing cropping up or um, so that's kind of how that ecosystem
4: came about Kelly I would be remiss if I did not mention that you've been a producer for the radio show for the past year plus um, and you've had the opportunity to work on just um, news in a very different way and I guess it's not even it's, it's lifestyle wellness in, in a very different way how do these two um, roles complement each other, and how do they contrast? What is it like being the manager, managing editor of Main Magazine and also the producer for Love, Main Radio?
3: It's really great, actually, to be able to talk to somebody before they come in to either the radio show or before a writer goes and interviews them for a story for the magazine, because I get to sort of pre-interview them, almost, and, and see what things that they might want to share, what they might not want to share. And so when we go and, and we interview them for the magazine, you can only really tell so much of a person's life. And whatever the article is, we're, we're only touching on a portion of who they are. And so with the radio show, if we get if we can also have them come in and, and then they can be interviewed, you can hear what they sound like. Um, you can hear how they describe things and they become even more real than they are in the story. So, And then they get to even add on additional pieces of their story and who they are. They really work together um, really well, because um, we, you can expand on a topic and and really kind of get to know a person. Well, I appreciate you're both
4: coming in and talking to me today. I know that you're generally um, more behind the scenes, so to come on and be interviewed is a very different thing, and you both did a great job. Um, Remind us of the main magazine website where people can read the February issue, the wedding issue. Yep, yeah, it's themainmag.com. And thanks for um, thanks for doing such a great job with the work that I've sent in as a writer for the magazines. Kate, you do an amazing job laying things out and coordinating the photography and Kelly, you're my editor, so you do a great job (laughs) helping me sort of wordsmith, and both of you have been so supportive um, of the radio show, and I agree, it's a great ecosystem um, for us all to be working within. We're very fortunate. We've been speaking with Kate Saramath, who is the art director for Maine Magazine, and Kelly Clinton, who is the managing editor for Maine Magazine, and also the producer for the I Love Maine Radio Show. Thanks for coming in. Thank you for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to Love, Maine Radio, show number 177, Maine Weddings. Our guests have included Valerie Kairos, Kate Sarameth, and Kelly Clinton. For more information on our guests and extended interviews, visit lovemainradio.com or read about them in the February issue of Maine Magazine. Love, Maine Radio is downloadable for free on iTunes. For a preview of each week's show, sign up for our e-newsletter and like our Love, Maine Radio Facebook page. Follow me on Twitter and see my running travel, food, and wellness photos as bountiful one on Instagram. We love to hear from you, so please let us know what you think of Love Main Radio. We welcome your suggestions for future shows. Also, let our sponsors know that you have heard about them here. We are privileged that they enable us to bring Love Main Radio to you each week. This is Dr. Lisa Belial. I hope that you have enjoyed our main wedding show. Thank you for allowing me to be a part of your day. May you have a bountiful life
0: love main radio is made possible with the support of the following generous sponsors main magazine marcy booth of booth maine apothecary by design mike lepage and beth franklin of remax heritage tom shepherd of shepherd financial hardingly smith of the rooms and bangor savings bank love main radio with dr lisa belisle is recorded in the studio of Maine magazine at 75 market street portland maine our executive producers are Susan Grisanti, Kevin Thomas, and Dr. Lisa Belial. Audio production and original music by John C. McCain. Content producer is Kelly Clinton. And our online producer is Ezra Wolfinger. Love, Main Radio is available for download free on iTunes. See the Love, Main Radio Facebook page or go to www.lovemainradio.com for details.